Memphis Alexander. Chapman for three. Bang! Oh! will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. Yes! The magic of 24 minute recaps before we get started. Please remember to subscribe on all platforms YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts. Make sure to follow on Spotify and, of course, to follow us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. So, you know, I woke up today looking to have a decent Sunday. Of course, the Clippers getting one of those 12 30 starts, and we know how those do us. And oh boy, did it do us. You know, <laughs> I don't get very mad over regular season losses. But you know, there's a way in which you lose. And you know what? I don't want this channel to be a channel where I just spam about the clips all the time. And that's what a lot of Laker fans subscribe to me for. But you know what? They have earned it tonight. When you put on that uniform, you are paid. How much is Paul George getting paid? Oh, it went from $30 million by the time I did that rate ra- fucking... I can't even speak right now. Fucking raging video. Now he's making $40 million a year. You got Kennard making sixteen. million. I'm not too mad about the new guys because, you know, they just got here and they've had two pretty good games. But they take, you know, they take... The, as I always say on this show, it all starts in the top. And I'm not always... I'm not going to put all this on Paul George. It was the whole team that didn't even... You know, I'm, I, I, why am I even talking about this game? It wasn't even a game. They didn't play today. They played as much basketball as I played today. You know, you should have known... That the Dallas Mavericks, are, we are the Denver Nuggets to them. They got knocked out by the Clippers. So you played for the Clippers, last I checked. Didn't look like it today, though. Or should I say it did look like it? It looked like the Clippers of the Sterling era. But guess what? I had to hear that not only, you know, I was getting mad. It was a 20-point game after the first quarter. Then you get to 50 fucking points by halftime. You know, it, at the worst you know, this is so funny. The Clippers are 2-0, and oh, or, I'm sorry, 2-1, and one, above high 500. Their best player didn't play today, and we still found a way to manage to be the laughing stock of the NBA three games in. Only the fucking Clippers could accomplish something like that. We have a winning record, and it feels like we're 0-3 because of that shit. All the great momentum they built up, Batum, Ibaka, and all those guys, you killed it off with such an awful performance today, or a non-performance. You know, once again, that jersey means something to me. When I put this shirt on, when I put a jersey on, and I don't just put on jerseys like that, it's always a special occasion, I'm going to a game or whatever, that shit means something to me. You guys get paid 40 fucking million dollars to go play basketball, a sport in which we all love. 40 million, 20 million, millions and millions. And you guys want to perform like that? You know, it's one thing to lose. I wouldn't be acting like this if it was a regular loss, even if we lost by 20, 50 fucking points. You embarrassed us again. You embarrassed all the Clipper fans that put on for you idiots. And yes, you deserve to be called idiots tonight. What about Patrick Beverly? Where was that effort? I never have to get on him for his effort. What has he done these last two games besides foul and run around like a headless chicken? You're making Russell Westbrook look right right now, my man. You are making him look very right. Pat Bev just be running around. That's exactly what you look like you're doing right now. 
You know, I'm not going to get into anyone too much individually. Paul George, by the way, I saw him take accountability after the game. But for him to say some shit like, you know, oh, it was Christmas yesterday, which it wasn't. It was fucking Boxing Day yesterday. Um, Christmas yesterday. And, you know, we, we, we weren't ready for the game. Oh, you, we know you weren't ready. But you know what? The Mavs were ready and they had to play at 1232. Save me the excuses, buddy. You know, two games to start the season and... You know, that's okay. You're cool with 2-0. and Now we can go back to complacency. And I don't want to hear any Ty Looselander either. He can't play the games. He has done enough to get them in positions to succeed. And the players need to do something. You know, you see that the Mavs are uh, playing tight defense and, you know, being physical. You know, they're motivated to play this game. And you're just going to settle for contested three after contested three after contested three. How many times have we said on this show already in these first three episodes of the recaps, you know, these contested threes are killing the game because teams don't know when to quit. And the Clippers did not know when to fucking quit tonight. They were being stronger in pick and roll defensively. The Mavs getting physical with our ball handlers, especially Kennard and Paul George. And they weren't trying to play into contact. They were just trying to, you know, take a step in. And before they really even got the defense to commit, they get baited into kicking it out and turn the ball over. Paul George to start the game, two careless turnovers, you know, as I say, I don't trust Paul George's decision making at all, with Kawhi it's better because it takes pressure off of Paul George, we have two playmaker kind of guys, Paul George is the primary guy, his decision making in pick and roll is poor, he often, you know, makes the move, he often knows what he's going to do before he does it, I like when Paul George is actually just reacting to defenses, and when he's going in through pick and roll and not getting physical and letting guys get into him and just knows what he's, he's going to kick it out before he even kicks it out or knows he's going to pull up before he even does anything or knows he's going to kick it out before he actually gets a double team. That is just, you know, going up soft. It's just not good. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. So Paul George, clearly, I don't know what happened to him since Indiana in terms of his leadership or I need to go back. I, I'm not, I don't have the time or patience to go back and watch Indiana and see the way he led right now. But I, when we don't have Kawhi Leonard, we are screwed in terms of leadership and playmaking because Patrick Beverly doesn't playmake. And Lou Williams, uh, at this point, it's starting to get to the point where he may have to be off the team. Because you know what? If I wanted to watch somebody, uh, I wanted to watch four grown men go for a rebound while I just stand around, I would do it from my living room. You can come join me in this living room right now, Lou Williams, if you're just going to stand around and watch everybody else rebound because you've been doing it for two years now buddy and it's getting old really fucking quick okay it's getting real old to see you just do that Paul George did not lead by actually he did lead by example in a shitty example I better see you guys come out fucking fired up next game because that's inexcusable again okay we're done with the Clippers that was one game it's not indicative of what's going to happen in the season but those same bad habits of complacency continue today and I don't want to see that ever again 50 fucking points 50 cent head ass my goodness, you make me embarrassed to be a Clipper fan sometimes. It's over and over, and I swear to God, and this is the funny part. All the shitty years of Clipper basketball, and today was the worst. You know, Clippers making history again in the negative sense. Worst defeat at half, uh, deficit at halftime ever. After all the Clipper teams, Michael Oloa Candy, sports arena teams, Paul Davis, you know, washed up Baron Davis, Mike Taylor, Marty Collins, Richie Fromm. Do you motherfuckers that play for the Clippers even know these players? I don't think you do, but I know you're, you guys, and you guys are just making me look fucking stupid again. Anyway, on to the next game where we better not lose, and I better see, I hope to see Kawhi back, and we need Morris back too, all the help we can get, because without Kawhi, we are borderline, you know, idiots in terms of basketball IQ out there. Ibaka is good, but he's only as good as his leader, and we need Kawhi back because Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, all the years of Clipper basketball, and for that to be the, the championship contending Clipper team, potentially, to be into that, it's, it's ridiculous, man. It's absolutely ridiculous, you know. 
you, we care too much to see this happen. And that's just inexcusable to lose by 50 points. 50 fucking cent head ass. I got 21 questions. And one of them is, do you deserve to be here? <laughs> do you deserve to fucking be here? Anyway, clearly today it wasn't. You should have just turned in your jerseys the second you got them today. Anyway, let's move on to the Lakers, who... I gotta give credit to the Mavs, by the way, too. I don't fuck with the Mavs. They're getting really annoying real quick, but they came out with a point to prove. They wanted to make a statement, and they did. Got us down real bad. Anyway, Lakers came out. You know, I heard the news. By the way, I watched the Wolves play the other day, and they were... That game against Utah yesterday was awesome. I mean, they played so well on both ends of the court, and everyone played well, whether it was Edwards, Cat, D'Lo... And I was thinking today, you know, they're probably going to get beaten up by the Lakers because that back-to-back, and Utah's a tough place to play, a tough team to play. And the Lakers got a day of rest after the Christmas game. And then I heard that AD wasn't playing, and I thought maybe they could get him. And then I heard Cat, that hard fall he took yesterday with the hand, hurt his wrist. So I was like, okay, Lakers got this. Um, unless they came out complacent like the Clippers. And in typical Laker fashion of late, they did not come out complacent. Kuzma came in splashing, and, you know, we really... Like, there's a lot of Laker fans that be acting like Kuzma's not a good basketball player. A man's a good player. He was hitting threes, and, you know, when you're the Wolves and you're already a little sluggish, a little tired from the game last night, and you see Kuzma hit threes to start the game, you see LeBron hitting that corner three to start the game, you're like, all right, ugh, defending champ's going to kick our ass tonight. And they didn't really respond. They went to a zone. It was weak. The Lakers were hitting him from all angles. LeBron, I think, did a really good job of just... And this is something I was saying that could be a potential problem for the Lakers if, if LeBron tried to do a little too much and not let the other guys get get going in terms of their confidence. And he did the exact opposite tonight. He let Schroeder get involved. He let Caruso get involved. And the fact that Caruso started out this season hitting open threes and then he hit a hook shot, yikes, guys. I mean, if you're not a Laker fan, that is concerning because if Caruso can become a, someone that can actually be trusted with the ball more, compared also with what he does on the defensive end, we're going to have problems because the way LeBron has done so far, letting Schroeder do his thing, letting... Montrader integrating the team. He's been really solid with his energy. The Wolves, if you're a Wolves fan, you've got to be concerned about two things, and that's Carl Anthony Towns and Josh Okogie's injuries. But other than that, you, if you were to say to get one of these two games out of the road trip to Utah and Lakers, I don't know what their next game is. Oh, it's us. Uh, okay, well, out of these first two games, or even out of the three games, Clippers, Lakers, and Utah, to even get one of those games is a good start. So if you're the Wolves, I don't think you should trip too much about tonight. Just move on to the next game. But the Clippers may have some for you next game because they may be pissed that they lost. I think they probably will be. Hopefully, they're anything as close to as pissed as I am. But that never seems to be the case with these guys with their salaries. It's so fucking comfortable. Um, I'm sorry to any Nets fans watching this. Oh, my God. I'm sorry to any Nets fans watching this um, because I didn't get to watch their game today. Uh, same with the Celtics, except I did hear about the Celtics that they turned the ball over way too much. Jalen Brown only shot around 13 shots. Needs to be shooting more. And then Tatum got baited into that step back three at the end of the game, contested. How many times are we going to say that? Jason Tatum taking that contested three. You're not going to always get as lucky as you did with Giannis, that bank shot. Sabonis, absolutely killing it to start the season. 3-0 and for the Pacers. And we also need to talk about, as I segue, so I don't think it's too big of a deal for the Celtics. They need Kemba Walker back ASAP. But let's talk about the... Um, the next team we're going to talk about. By the way, we are going uh, to the chat 24 minutes. Oh, yeah. I do, I do want to make a shout-out. Marcus Gasol, really good performance tonight. That was more like the Marcus Gasol that I was used to seeing. Um, so if you're a Laker fan, that was good. 2-1, and one, move on to the next. Uh, so the Pacers, oh, let's talk about the fact that these back-to-back guys, sitting out back-to-backs, you know, we talk about Kawhi Leonard and the chronic injury that he has. 
But last I checked, Victor Oladipo doesn't have a chronic injury. Last I checked, he came back before the glorified summer league, and then he had four months to wait until it started, and then they lost in round one, and then he's had two more months to come back, and now he's sitting back-to-backs. Let's talk about Russell Westbrook, who I watched last night against the Magic, and again, I'm not too critical of Russell Westbrook missing shots, but I am critical of Russell Westbrook being lazy as fuck on defense, not paying attention to who he's guarded, more worried about getting rebounds than who he's actually guarding. And at the end of the game, Markel Fultz yesterday, coming down the left sideline, putting Westbrook and Thomas Bryant in pick and roll. Um, you know, and Thomas Bryant is, is, is showing a little bit of the Trez tendencies. He's somewhat undersized at the five. He's a good floor spacer, but he can't, you know, he can't really move his feet and pick and roll, and he gets bullied by bigger centers. You saw it the other night against Joel Embiid in opening night. He got bodied. And then yesterday, Markel Fultz and Russell Westbrook, I'm sorry, Markel Fultz and Vucevic in that pick and roll on that left side, you know, Westbrook and Thomas Bryant switched two times in a row, and Markel was putting on a freaking show. And several miscommunications down the stretch of these first two losses from Westbrook and Thomas Bryant. And then tonight, Westbrook is resting. I know Scott Brooks may have told him that's okay. I, th- I thought Westbrook was about that action where he's not trying to rest. And that's bullshit because they need to get a win. You need to build confidence here. Rui Hachimura's already out. So now you're 0-3. Three very winnable games. Russell Westbrook, not off to a good start with the Wizards. We see the triple doubles, but we also see your defensive laziness. That's exactly why I watch these games, to go beyond the stat sheet. You're being lazy. Thomas Bryant also, starting center, may have to be questioned. Beal's been great, though. Not, I got nothing else to say about Beal. I didn't watch the game tonight. I didn't feel the need to. I know it was close, but uh, Beal's been pretty good. But Westbrook got to step it up. But anyway... Last game, let's end it up. Oh, I also got to check out the uh, Warriors game today, and uh, that was a big one because we needed to see the Warriors bounce back because if you don't beat the Bulls, who are the most pitiful Bulls team I've ever seen in my 16 years watching basketball now, then you're going to really have some problems. And again, it started out very shaky, you know, especially Steph missing layups, missing open threes, not being able to hit off the dribble. You know who actually played decent tonight after all my slander? Andrew Wiggins was a lot better today. Also scoring and pick and roll, making some decent reads, taking it to the basket hard, and actually playing pretty well on defense as well. Andrew Wiggins had 19 points, 9 boards, 4 assists. But And also, I really like Wiseman. The kid can play, but he struggles to guard and pick and roll, as do all the Warriors bigs right now. Looney the same. Um, They struggle moving their feet, and they struggle to play defense without fouling. And that's something that the Warriors really had a problem with tonight, is struggling to play D without fouling. And Stephen Curry... Started to grow into the game a little bit as it went on. Kelly Oubre, though. My goodness. If anyone follows me on Twitter, check out that clip I posted of Kelly Oubre passing up a mid-range to step into a contested floater, but it was still a pretty good shot. And he didn't even, like, it wasn't even close to the rim. Like, it was a two feet short. It would look like a first grader put it up. And Kelly Oubre is in one of the worst shooting slumps I have ever seen. This is so bad. He almost cost them the game tonight because Curry started to look more like vintage Curry to end that game tonight. And Kelly Oubre, I mean, he hasn't scored a jump shot. Like, he hasn't made a jump shot, guys. It's been three games he hasn't. And that is extremely concerning if you're a Warriors fan. Let's look at his line tonight. 3 of 16. 0 of 6 from 3. I mean, he's been horrendous. But the important thing was the Warriors finding a way to get the W. Damian Lee. I mean, he didn't even play. 
much in that fourth quarter from what I can remember. Maybe he did in the beginning, but I don't remember him getting a shot for a while. I thought they were for sure going to Steph. And, you know, they got it to Damian Lee for that straightaway deep bomb for him to hit that shot. I mean, that's huge. And that can be a huge momentum win for the Warriors because they look like they're about to go 0-3 to the Bulls. We would have been asking so many questions. Curry would have been really questioned. And with Damian Lee hitting that shot, that goes from a big difference in 0-3 and 1-2, and the mood. Draymond should be on his way back soon. So that was a huge win for the Warriors. But there's still a lot of concerns for them because the Bulls are not a good team. And they're 0-3, and we know this. Zach Levine was really good, though, I thought. 11 of 23, 33 points, and almost hit the game winner if it wasn't for Damian Lee spoiling the party. I don't think Wanamaker's been good either, by the way. Two points, one of four. He was pretty ass, in my opinion. Pascal was pretty good, 15 points. And Curry, at the end, finished with 36, so the most Curry game we've seen so far. 11 of 25, 15 of those shots were threes. Five of them went in. A lot of them were pretty good looks. And, you know, he's one of the only players that I, I wouldn't really say he could get too happy with. I'm sorry, he, he, I can't really criticize him for getting criticize Curry for getting too shot happy because he is Curry but last game I'm gonna end this a little bit short before I go to the comments by the way I'm not looking at all the comments right now because I'm just finished on focusing this episode for the Spotify and Apple podcast tomorrow morning but um the Hawks yesterday I did get to see the Hawks play the Grizzlies and they moved on to 2-0 and Trey Young closed the game well and they took care of business which I like to see even without Rondo and, and Capella however I've already noticed the problem with Trey Young and it's not the defense that you might think you see, Trey Young needs to realize around him, and I've already noticed, DeAndre Hunter um, is a very solid player in this league. He's a very solid player in this league. And Trey Young has really solid players on his team now. And the more he just tries to go hoop, mixtape, ball his life, I'm trying to be Trey Young dropping 30 and go on Twitter and go viral because I'm just crossing people up, high pick and roll with Trey Young every single play. He's not trusting his teammates. He's not, these guys aren't getting touches. And John Collins and, and Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, these guys can all create. These guys can all score. Trey Young doesn't need to do all that anymore. And when I see Trey Young work, they're just dribbling the whole shot clock out against a big guy that he can blow by in an instant. And then sometimes when he can't get by him because he's trying too hard to get him step back threes, you know, and he passes to DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter with three on the shot clock. That's called an assist pass. That's what we always talk about on Dime Dropper. That's selfish. That's you fiending stats. And that almost came to bite the Hawks in the game yesterday. But Trey did finish the right way. However, just look at this, guys. Because if he continues to do this, these guys are not going to get in rhythm. And it's going to hurt them down the line, Atlanta. Trey Young is a point guard. And the point guard's first job is to get his teammates going. So... That's about it, guys. I'm sorry to the Nets fans. I didn't get to watch the Nets game. Um, same with the Suns. I watched their game last night, but I kind of want to comment on... I want to see the game tonight to comment on them. Uh, however, the Brooklyn Nets... Um, yeah, we're going to talk about them. I don't know if it's tomorrow. Whatever the next episode will be, I'll talk about them. But anyway, thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, make sure you let me know what you thought of this episode. Peace.